Hey, this is Christian from the Gaming on the Fly podcast, and you're listening to the BS Podcast Network. This is Officer Mo Weekend coming to you straight from Port Fouchon, Louisiana, on the beautiful Gulf of Mexico. You're listening to the Magic Our Way podcast with your hosts, Kevin, Danny, Eli, and the ever so lovely Lee Lastovica. Take it away, guys. Kachunk! <laughs> Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way, Way podcast. podcast. Sante Sun, everyone. You're listening to the Magic Highway Podcast from New Orleans, Louisiana, in the United States of America. We are artistic buffs talking about dizzy stuff, and this is the show in which every opinion is welcome. MagicRA.com is where you can find us. My name is Kevin. I am Danny. And with us today, we have Excelsior! You know, 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 you know. I have the You know the story's all about the glory. It is our resident comic genius from IvoryComics.com, Mr. Eli Ivory. Hey! Hey! And a mama hollow to you guys. How y'all doing? What? Mama, mama hollow? Mama hollow. Was that like a cross between Hawaii and like your mama? Yeah. Oh, aha. Uh-huh. Oh. See, that's I did that's that. That's Mama Willow's cousin. That's Eli, Eli Besh. <laughs> Mama Willow. <laughs> yeah. Eli Besh. Yeah, Eli Tech. Yeah, Eli Tech. Go. Eli Tech language. Hey, hey. How you doing? How hey, you doing? Hey, hey, you made a new one. Hey. hey. Capiche. Huh? Duga, duga, duga. Yeah, try. I do think. I hope Danny's not offended. Hey, what? What did y'all say? I'm no, sorry. We're, we're pretending to be Italians. So. No, we didn't. We didn't. Oh, we bat. didn't do anything. We okay, didn't. Okay, yeah, we, no, we talked about No, absolutely nothing. We do no, like bad imitations. Then he jumps in on that. But that was really quick because I did Baba Hollow, then Grandmama Hollow, and then. And then we went in Italian and. No, it's like I'm just trying. No, like I get used to y'all kind of doing a little thing, so I use that as time to prepare. Do <laughs> you more time to do something yeah, real like quick? I, oh, that I, I get my document set up and nah, stuff. Like usually, yeah. y'all do a little shtick. We, so. we, we didn't do anything. Pre- no, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, to the we, stick. We, we, we're good. We didn't do anything. Eli. No, like, like, like so racist. We, we got in there. <laughs> yeah, mark that down for weird all of us. Rhyming. Was weird rhyming in there at all? No, I didn't do anything. Okay, well then, shoot. Okay, I added a new word in there. I should have paid attention. That's my bad. Shut up, We didn't. You don't want to ask him if we heard anything. Hey, next on the show, we have... Show me the money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Hey, must be the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. It is our mosquito-killing date night at Denny's Benja over the chair, Lili Top. It's the one, the only Lee Lastavica of Magical Moments Vacations. How you doing, sir? Oh, good, man. I'm just over here under this patio trying not to pass out from heat stroke. But other than that, everything's good. You know, it's just summer is here, man. Summer is here. Have you been to the pool yet, Ling? Uh, if we finish recording earlier today, I will be in the pool. Cannonball! So, uh, no kidding. First, the first day the pool is open for the, officially open for the summer. Do they make you like, you know how you have to put those caps on your hair sometimes? Do they make you cover up the beard just in case, you know, it uh, contaminates the water? A beard oh, cap? I'm yeah. getting caught up in the drain. 
uh, there's some Spanish moss in the pool over there. Somebody <laughs> please clean it up, Stan. <laughs> he got like the net. They scoop up his beard. He, his head is trapped. They're like, hey, hey, that, that's attached to me. Hey, you there's know. a possum in the pool. This, oh, wait, no. Oh, that's some dude's face. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Better than a, a, a baby Ruth in the pool. <laughs> a baby Ruth in the pool? Yeah, it's Caddyshack. <laughs> uh, is that a poop joke? Yes, it is. Oh, yay, poop joke. Is that a bird joke? Not a bird. It's in the sky. It's a bird. Not a bird. No, it's just poop. Just poop. That's like a trifecta. Racism, poop, and rhyming all within the first uh, five minutes or so. Oh, that's good. Is it? Yeah, I that's, feel like that's we're about in a, what we do within yeah. our intro all the time, right? Is that a record? Could be. I think okay. we like fulfilled our annual review. We met expectations. Yeah. I like that. You like that? Yeah, I we like, met, I like we met that. Uh, yeah, can somebody leave that on uh, an iTunes review? <laughs> 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 that would be great. <laughs> well, guys, uh, we got a great show for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Dizzy Legends that were announced a couple weeks back. So um, we're going to talk about a little bit of that. We got some guest service stuff to get to. So, guys, enough of my jibber jabber. Let's go make some magic. And here we are on the hub. And today what we are discussing is the class of 2019 Dizzy Legends that were announced a few weeks back. So chances are you've had a chance to marinate on the names that have been uh, presented to you. Uh, today we would kind of like to have a little bit of a discussion of uh, what it means to be a Dizzy Legend, as well as the people that they have chosen for this year's class. Shout out to Harry Bernstein for this idea. Absolutely. Shout Props. out to Harry B., our, our legal correspondent for the Magic Are We podcast. Thank you so much for bringing this to us. This is a very great idea. And weekends, just like that, if you're in the group or if you're on our page commenting on our stuff, uh, you could be credited for a show as well. So thank you, guys. And, of course, if you comment, we always uh, value your opinion. So definitely reach out to a show at magicarway.com. So to lead off the discussion, I would like to start with Disney's definition of being a Disney legend, as they have stated on the D23 website. And D23, the little convention that they do uh, every summer, is where they're going to honor these Disney legends. And according to the website, the first thing they say is this. The legends are chosen by a selection committee formally appointed and chaired by the late Roy E. Disney. Since its inception, the program has honored many gifted animators, imagineers, songwriters, actors, and business leaders as having made a significant impact on the Disney legacy. So that's how they view a Disney legend. And I went further to delve in and say, well, okay, what is Disney's legacy? And I found this uh, different article here uh, that I'll also post in the show notes that kind of spells out what Disney's legacy, Walt Disney's legacy, Walt Elias Dizzy's legacy is. Even after Walt Dizzy's death, his legacy lives on and keeps on giving to film, theme park, and other pursuits. He funded CalArts, a school to train future artists and storytellers. Its graduates, which include John Lasseter and Tim Burton, among others, are some of the leading filmmakers of today. So therefore, carrying on the idea that his legacy is still living on even till present day. Continuing on with that concept, the company he started to design Disneyland, Wed Enterprises, now known as Walt Disney Imagineering, has instilled in its culture by Disney the drive to use technology in new ways in its theme parks, which is evidenced by the new rides and shows its Imagineers still create. From that company, an industry of designers and engineers was spawned that build even more theme parks for companies like Universal Studios and new ways to design museums around the world. Again, to this day, the legacy still goes on. 
And the next thing, he says, Disney impacted music, not just with his use of memorable music and songs in movies, television, and at the theme parks, but by having his estate lay the financial foundation for the Walt Disney Concert Hall, where renowned musicians and singers now play in Los Angeles. And uh, lastly, but Walt Disney also spread his optimism and enthusiasm to always do well, whether in telling stories on film or television, designing new shows and theme parks, or about how we could treasure the past, even while always looking forward to a brighter tomorrow. And uh, this was penned by in the Mercury News by reporter Mark Eads, who worked for the Walt Disney Company for 21 years from 1972 to 1993. So in a quick summary... That is Walter Elias Disney's legacy. Upon which, it is, it's safe to say that Disney legends should kind of reflect upon that, yes? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so here's what Bob Iger said about the Disney Legends Award Aha. for the nominees for this year. He said, it's a recognition of talent, a celebration of achievement, and an expression of profound gratitude to the remarkable men and women who have made an indelible mark on our company and our creative legacy. And this year's honorees have placed... have earned a place in our hearts and our history for the significant contributions in film, television, and our theme parks around the world. And I think that's important because right off the bat, he's defining it in a way that, because I think a lot of people were like, well, Disney, that means anything contained in the Disney mm-hmm. name, not necessarily ABC, ESPN. Marvel, but, all those yeah, the right. people they bought. So uh, <laughs> just to understand, it's like once we bought you, you're Disney. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I totally thought you were going to do some crazy, like, sound bite where you, right where you. I was expecting that, that too. <laughs> I just thought you could be like, yeah, bye bye. I don't think I asked for my thing to be hooked up. Is my thing hooked up? It is hooked up. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, no, I mean, that was a good I've been quote. a rich man. I've been a poor man. And I choose rich, rich every time. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought he would go with. Like, he totally put me on the swerve right there. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, hold on. That's like, okay. I, a swerve yeah. is good. It was a good swerve. A good yeah, swerve. I was you ready for something. There is no nobility in poverty. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every time. Yeah! All right, so there you go. That is uh, Bob Iger's definition of legacy. Damn, that just puts goosebumps on me every time <laughs> I hear that. Oh! So yeah, Disney Legends, guys. This is a class of 2019. And uh, I think we just delve right into the people and just start talking about who's being honored, these 12 nominees. Well, not nominees, but honorees, I should say. Mm. Well, let's, let's dive into the first one. Uh, his name is Wing Chow. For 37 years at Disney, Wing Chow played a vital role in designing and developing exceptional inspirational projects worth more than $12 billion at the Disney Parks and Resorts worldwide. He was vice chairman of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts for the Asia Pacific Development, and he was executive vice president of Walt Disney Imagineering, where he oversaw master planning, architecture, design. He was directed development teams of Imagineers and some of the world's most renowned architects, designers. He was involved with projects that include resort hotels, parks, cruise ships, entertainment venues, water attractions, office spaces, two new town communities, um, Calif- every property, California. It's needless to say this and guy's a got it. In a pair Yes, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I could go on and on and on with this, with this guy's bio, but it's safe to say. Yeah, Disney legend for sure. I mean, yes. oh, absolutely. Yeah, 37 years. I mean, come on. And he's done all that stuff. Yeah, I don't know you, Wing Chow, but I, I want to know you. Everybody <laughs> Wing Chow today. You, God, you know, my money was on Lee to make the Wing Chow. I didn't give it in. I didn't what? I'm sorry, you didn't? <laughs> no, it's good. I'm like, I wrote it down. I'm like, you know, Lee is going to make a Wing <laughs> Wang oh, Chung wow. joke. Before. It's like, I was waiting. I was waiting to see who did it first. I was waiting for Lee to cut Kevin off at any moment. No, I was <laughs> trying to be good, not cut off his spiel. 
but yeah. You did good, sir. You did very you. good. Sorry, I beat you to it. That's all right. Did it's you have that joke? Great minds think alike. Yeah, for okay, sure. Of right. course he had that joke. Okay. That was an easy one. It was. It was. Low-hanging fruit, sir. Low-hanging fruit. Yeah, well, you know. We're all about low-hanging fruit here at the Magic Our Way podcast. Gotta cup it. All right, go oh, ahead. So what, what do y'all think of that guy? Any, any issues with that? Probably not. No, huh? no. Oh, man. That's, if, that, if anyone's a legend, that guy is a legend, man. I mean, he built. Uh, the well, city. Uh, built. Yeah, he built this city for, you know, rock and roll. <laughs> At Disney too. No, yeah, you yeah. say he built this. I mean, he helped. He was involved in the master planning for Celebration Florida. Yeah, and uh, Valdo Europe uh, over at uh, Disneyland Paris. He, as well. he did not do the fountain at Celebration Florida. He did not. He, did he not. would have known how to spell exactly. <laughs> yeah. he would have put a T in the attention yes. to detail for thirty-seven years. Wang, Wang Disney. Yes. Wang, Wang Disney. Disney. All right, there's your Wang Chung joke. So uh, <laughs> the, the next honoree, Eli, we played a game uh, on one of your shows. What was it? It was called Disney uh, Stanley. Um, Disney well, Stanley Murphy or Downey. And Downey, he is the next honoree listed on this website. Robert Downey Juni, Juni? Juni? Jr. Juni. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> is uh, an honoree for the <laughs> Disney legend. And uh, I pulled one of the quotes that I found on social media, and this person says, it's amazing how RDJ went from a drug addict addict and washed up actor to someone Disney now recognizes as a legendary member of the Disney family. What an amazing turnaround for his lowest point in his life. I would say that that is not the lowest point in in his life. His, His lowest point was appearing in the Shaggy Dog. Thank you. Yes, he did not go less than zero until he did that. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a saying he's, he's been in more than 80 films, considered now one of the industry's most talented and respected actors. He's embraced both dramatic and comedic roles in the remake of The Shaggy Dog. <laughs> what this oh, article wow. says. You actually put that in his bio? <laughs> yeah, they put that. D23 put this in his article. Get it says, I'll read exactly what it says. Uh, Robert has embraced both dramatic and comedic roles, including his Disney debut. Apparently, it was his debut. Uh-huh. In 2006 remake of The Shaggy Dog. So that was his debut with the Disney company. Of course, as you know, he is he's Iron Man. And so he's been part of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, for those past times. He's been in all those movies. It brought about $102 billion worldwide. Uh, Robert will next star in the title role of 2020's The Voyage of Dr. Doolittle, and it's in pre-production on a third installment of the successful Sherlock Holmes franchise. $1.2 billion is like, yep, legend. $1.2 billion, he can do it. <laughs> Legend, he deserves it. Three thousand. <laughs> I love you, three thousand. Thank you, thank you for the revenue. Actually, this is the only one. I, well, no, there's a, there's a, this is one I do have a problem with. Yeah, why interesting. Why? Because he signed on to play Iron Man when Disney did not have anything to do with, with Marvel. Marvel. Okay, so like by the time Disney acquired it, he was already aboard that train. So it wasn't like he signed on because of Disney. He signed on. Long before Disney was involved, now he he made films subsequent to that. But when they opened the Iron Man Experience over in mm-hmm. uh, was it um, Hong Kong? Hong Kong, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. Dude didn't provide a voice. Dude didn't appear in the attraction. To me, if you're an actor and you're gonna go ahead and make your mark as a Disney legend, just as an actor, you gotta at least appear in an attraction at some point. So that would be my one thing with him. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying. Ah, slam dunk. I mean, I don't know. 
if I could piggyback off of that, one of the comments I saw was about Tom Hanks. And there's like, you know, they're surprised not to see Tom Hanks on there unless I miss it. And then somebody else commented, he said, he's not the most loyal Disney subject. He delegates work to his brother, Jim Hanks, to do most of the work for Woody outside of the films, which there are a ton of. You couldn't give it to Tom without giving it to Jim in reference to the voice acting that he does for Tom and like, say, the rides and everything else. So sure, it's sure. kind of along the same lines you were saying. You know, he, maybe he's not a full subject of Disney. Uh, Robert Downey is uh, much like in the same way. Maybe Tom Hanks is uh, right to to use a somewhat controversial example. Johnny Depp. Here's a guy who will do multiple appearances in the theme parks. Actually, will just stand in an attraction just to promote the the actual movie he's going to be doing. I mean, I feel like he kind of signed on jumped in with both feet and has been there and, and embodies the character in and out of the parks for whatever you want to say about his personal life. And I'm not even going to get into that. Whereas I feel like Tom Hanks, Robert Downey Jr., they're actors who kind of... Now, Tom Hanks, I don't know. He did play Walt Disney. He did. In Saving did. Mr. Banks. Did. That, oh, man. That kind of... That puts it over the top for me. Yeah, over Robert Downey Jr. Over Robert yeah, Downey yeah. Jr. Okay, for sure. Well, interesting. He, he was he does, wild. All right. Yeah, he does deserve it more than I would say Robert Downey Jr. does. But there again... Tom Hanks signed on with Pixar before Pixar was owned by Disney. Right. Yeah. See, that's yes. the tricky part of what you're saying is that there's all this legality between, you know, the Marvel and then what Disney could put in and universe, all that other stuff. So that really doesn't have too much to do with Dowdy in that sense. So it's kind of that's kind of like some murky water there. But hey, look, I, I, I fell for the guy. Be like, hey, I, I could give that. You fell for the guy? I felt. Oh, you felt for the no, guy. I'm, so sorry. No, I'm sorry. I thought you said you fell for him. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, this is like your, your leg it kicked up backwards and you swooned. I, well, when he did that snap. I <laughs> but uh, I mean, I can, I see your point. I yeah. see your point. Of it, but yeah, then it's like it's like a crazy legality on that. Whereas Johnny is part of the Disney franchise because they already own the property. So mm-hmm. it would be interesting. Johnny to see by what Johnny Depp, you mean, right? Yes. Yeah, by yeah, Johnny okay, Depp, okay, yes. okay. Cool. So speaking of Johnny, the next person we're going to talk about is Happy. <laughs> John Favreau himself uh, is uh, also a Disney legend. Uh, uh, Iron Man's, um, I don't know, is he a bodyguard, chauffeur, personal yeah. keeper, uh, assistant, right hand man, right hand yeah. man. Yeah, I guess so. Is buddy, side piece. Yeah, side, no, side, not a side piece because there's no higher uh, person than the no, definition you know. change. Yeah, he's yeah. more like his girl, John. Yeah. So look, aside from. <laughs> The Marvel Cinematic Universe, which John Favreau is heavily involved with and continues to be involved with, as you can tell from the Spider-Man uh, uh, trailers that have been coming out. He, his first big break came with Miramax indie film, Swingers. And of course, Miramax at one point Disney owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was part of that. So it goes all the way back. Did all the MCU and he continues to work for Disney uh, and working with Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Solo, Star Wars Story. And he's going to be writing and executive producing the live action Star Wars series, The Mandalorian for Disney Plus, which will premiere later this year. Okay. I want to hold on this one. You want to hold on you on that. I, I don't feel like, again, Iron Man 1 and 2 were pre-Disney. Then beyond that, were we celebrating from his... Achievement in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, his role is Happy Hogan. Well, mm-hmm. why not give it to Taserface? <laughs> Taserface! <laughs> if we're going to do it like that, or, or um, I don't know, uh, Do- Dr. Selvig, we could give it to him. I mean, I, I, ju- I feel like that's going a, a bit too far, kind of have a, a bit role, but okay, fine, I get that. He did uh, The Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. That was a remake. The live was, action, live action remake. That yeah. was fine, but can we wait and see what Lion King and Mandalorian look like first before we... 
I mean, I'm still holding a grudge against this dude because he's never delivered on that Magic Kingdom movie we've been hearing about it since 2010. Okay. Ah. I've been waiting to see that thing because I, 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 I mean, come on. A movie where the it's set in the Magic Kingdom and the rides all come to... It's like Night at the Museum and the Magic Kingdom. I want to see that movie. Mm. And he still hasn't delivered on that. And that's been out there and rumored for a long, long, long time. So I think we hold on... I think we hold off on this until he delivers on that. I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, he's a name that I know, but he's not like this name that pops out. But it's, he's not a name that you think about when you think of Disney. Maybe not yet. Yeah, not yeah, yet. Not yeah, yet. Yeah. But the projects that he's doing, they're kind of like gimmies. Like to do a remake of The Jungle Book is something that's already established. Yeah. You know, Lion King, okay, a live remake. It's not to take away from his talents, but right. it is something to say what you got. And if you have original property that you're going to be put on the map for then cool but ain't really touched that just yet so maybe a little too soon for this one i think yes i think a little too soon i'd like to see mandalorian i'd like to see lion king i i, I never saw g-force you know his role is one of the guinea pigs maybe so you don't know what you're missing I'm That's what I'm <laughs> maybe there are a lot of people right now shouting what about g-force <laughs> i don't know but just just for the sheer fact that that magic kingdom movie is on hold i i, I want to see that so bad that's a fair point though that's yeah, a fair I do. point I, I i would agree with that i'd say maybe a little too soon for this one which you know uh but he, I would think he's on the track to do so. I, I would think so. Maybe not right now, but maybe eventually in the future. All right. And the next one listed on this list from D23 is the one, the only James Earl Jones. Hmm. Yeah, I would go with that. I, uh, yeah. Simply yes. No qualm with that. How <laughs> much to talk about there? No yeah. qualm with that. I don't even have to read the article. I mean, the description that they put in there. I mean, James Earl Jones. I mean, come on. Yeah. No, he's James Earl Jones. Mufasa. Darth uh, Vader. Vader you Set. Know? And and played the role in Star Tours: The Adventures Continues. Correct, yeah. yeah. And you know he also did the candlelight ceremony mm-hmm. at Disneyland. Yes, there's a lot of things he continues to do with the company, for the company, even with companies that Disney has bought. He still has done many good things with that. Lucasfilm. He's you know he, James Earl Jones is the name. No, very. he's easily the most deserving actor on this list. I agree with yeah, that. Very I mean, talented guy. Shoot, he should, he probably should have gotten him a while back. <laughs> <laughs> it scared me and Conan the Barbarian. I saw that as a kid. I was still terrified by that dude as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> what is best in life, Eli? <laughs> Don't let me start. <laughs> it's right. the flesh, boys. <laughs> to sleep in until 12. <laughs> to wake up and then come in podcast. Wake up to the refrigerator of Bud Light. Yes. As much as we quote coming to America on this show, my You're favorite right. piece of Disney trivia You're right. is how James Earl Jones and the lady who played Eddie Murphy's mama oh, yeah. on Coming to America were cast as Mufasa. And, and that was perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, perfect. It, I mean, that was just, I guess, what a nod. No, absolutely. That's and, the true power, boy. And, oh, I guess Coming to America is Paramount in it. Yeah, it's Paramount. It is Paramount, it is. Yeah. but I mean, obviously, Coming to America influenced yes. the casting of Lion King, which yeah. I love that. Which means that the people who cast the queen and king and queen of Zamunda were right on. They were spot yes. on, which I thought. You know, I thought they were great. But that goes to his talent. He's a very talented. Whatever role he plays, he he owes it. Let them wait. <laughs> I'm talking to my son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What a great line. Delivered mm, a great actor, man. I love it. Anyway. All right. So the next actor they put up there, or I guess actor, actress, singer, uh, Broadway star, Bette Midler, is the next person in line to be a Disney legend. And so for her, 
she goes all the way back to the Touchstone days. Yes. And if you yeah. remember, a Touchstone was a Disney thing back in the day when, you know, if Disney wanted to do something a little bit more adult, uh, but not where you like way all the way adult, like Disney Hollywood Pictures adult, but like, um, you know, Touchstone adult, like the in the middle road. Bette Midler was one of the actresses that helped lead the way to box office success mm-hmm. in that division. There was a hit comedies, man, Down and Out in Beverly Hills, Ruthless People, Outrageous Fortune, Big Business, um, Beaches, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Beaches that was a good it had, the, it had the song Wind Beneath the Wings, which is one of her biggest songs. If I may throw it in there, man, Disney Hollywood Studios, when it originally opened on the Backlot Tour, uh, oh, what was the name of the movie? The Lottery? The Lottery. The lottery. I was going to say Lottery Ticket, but I guess it was just The Lottery. For yes. a Dis- Parks fan, for me, that's, I mean, that's all you had to say. She put MGM Studios on the map. She did, and I mean, her her hands are encased in the semen. Yes, for yeah. I mean, she is absolutely deserving of this honor. Uh, she was there at the beginning. I, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, when when I mean, she she voiced Georgette and Oliver and Company. But if anything, you know, Disney related, Hocus Pocus. Oh God, yeah, that's really the, that's what put it. It puts it over the top. Yeah, it's that's that's like more than icing of the cake. I mean, Hocus Pocus still replayed today. Uh, my kids watch it. They love the movie. Mm-hmm. Probably one of Disney's popular Halloween uh, movies for sure. Great resurgence. Yeah. Great. Absolutely great resurgence. So she definitely makes the list. I have no problems with that. Anybody no, have any problems whatsoever. with her? No, she's no. very multi-talented actress, a singer. Like my mom used to play a CD that she put out with had Wind Beneath My Wings, but it had <laughs> the song From a Distance. She played that all the time. So yeah, I'm very familiar with Bette Miller there. So yeah. And your mom normally only plays gospel. Well- you never heard that from a distance song. I've heard from a distance. All right, so they said God is watching us. Yes. So she just belts that out ah. all the time. So I remember that as a kid. Very I got vividly. You. Yes. Okay. So she deserves it. Yes, because God's watching. It made her a legend. So good for you, Miss Bet. What about Lee? Is Lee like that? I haven't heard. Lee yeah, Lee, that. how you doing? Lee's like beaches better have my money. What? I didn't have anything good to add. I mean, she's a legend. Period. Uh, in, in in life and <laughs> entertainment industry. So yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, go back to sleep. <laughs> She's a legend, like Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So these next two, uh, I'll do one more time, of course, to give them each one their due. But these okay. next two, I appreciate. I didn't know who they were, but I appreciate the fact that Disney is recognizing this aspect of the arts. You know, and so the next name is Kenny Ortega. He's a multi-award-winning director, choreographer, and producer. Um, He began life with Disney as a choreographer back in 1988 uh, for the TV special Disney's Totally Mini, which was then followed by Mickey's 60th birthday the same year. Um, Then he he did some directing for Touchstone Television, uh, and then also he did his first feature film back in 1992 with Disney's musical Newsies. Back in the day, this was before the Broadway Newsies, so he did a lot of that. Um, and followed by 1993 by the Halloween favorite, Hocus Pocus. So he was mm-hmm. involved with that again. Um, and then he choreographed, Eli, you're going to love this, big choreographer on these Disney Channel smash hit, High School Musical. Oh! And High School Musical 2 <laughs> and High School Musical 3. He did choreography and he directed and all those kind of stuff. So he was responsible for all that kind of stuff. Uh, even the High School Musical, the concert tour. Did you go see that? <laughs> no, I think my daughter grew out of that phase, luckily. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're lucky, yeah. Um, but he also, the other credits that he has is directing the short Making of Frozen, The Cheetah Girls 2. Okay, I saw oh, Cheetah he knows Girls the Cheetah one. Girls. Yeah. And most recently, my daughters know this, Descendants 1, Descendants 2, and the soon-to-be Descendants 3. He's done work mm-hmm. on that. Um, so yeah, we're going all the back to that. I, I don't know him. I don't have any issues with it and doing, uh, doing all that kind of work, especially that art. You never hear about the 
choreographers and stuff. No. Yeah, especially that, you know. So it's good that they're recognizing the dance art form. Well, they did some dance in high school musical too, so I can't say that on, on that. Does it count if you only like admire one thing he did? <laughs> like looking at this list and I'm like, okay, that one thing is okay. that's how I felt. That's how I felt. It's like high school musical, Miley Cyrus, Jonas Brothers, Cheetah Girls. You should be kicked out of the, of the <laughs> but maybe because the choreography for those shows, I'll let it slide. Now, if you would have said director or creator of those shows, then I, I would have to have a, a more of an argument. But uh, and they also forgot about you know Ortega Salsa too. I mean, shoot, kind of for that, right? <laughs> I thought that was his best accomplishment, you know. That and some tortilla chips, you're good to go. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the dance, but you're talking about the sauce. Okay. I'm with no, yeah. not the forbidden dance. Oh, no. <laughs> not the forbidden Ortega dance. I'm talking about eating I, I just wouldn't be, I wouldn't be bragging about Cheetah Girls too. That's all I'm saying. Lee, guess what? Yeah. I hear, I hear Ortega salsa is made in New York City. New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Get a rope. Get a rope. <laughs> I know this man. I know this man. You know your people. He is from Texas. No, like it seems like because like if you're talking Disney Legends, it's it's like a like a kind of like a Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. This to me feels like Hall of Fine. <laughs> you Hall know of what I'm Fine. It, it seems like okay. It's like B. It's like B level. Yes. It, like filler. Disney personality. Yes. Legend. Uh, choreography is a hard thing to coordinate. I can I can appreciate that. I have, I have no problem with that. One. Uh, I do. I mean, I have I have more support for the next one. I would bring up, but um, yeah, okay. you because know, I don't I don't watch a lot. Uh, I don't I don't watch a lot of the stuff that he's done. No, to right. make a fair judgment on it. Uh, uh, Cheetah Girls launched some careers. I give him. I, I'm not a pro on Cheetah Girls. There's been that. some Disney musicals uh, that have been a little bit more. Well known. It doesn't seem like they trust him <laughs> with much. I mean, how much choreography was there in Hocus Pocus? There was like really one dance scene, right? Bare- yeah, if that. Yeah. I mean, it was. A, I put a spell on you is all I really yeah. remember uh, as far as a dance choreography kind of thing. I could be wrong. I, it's been a while. Uh, Newsies. Eh. Newsies. Are, I like Newsies, so. Some uh, people do. Fine. There's I, a bunch of choreography in that for sure. Uh, Descendants, I know has. I don't know if he does a choreography for it, but there's a there's a bunch of there. Never seen that. Lee hadn't gotten into that. Yeah. Um, High, School High School Musical. musical I, Eli. I don't. I don't leave that up to Eli. Yeah. They dance my for everything. They, okay. if, if somebody's breaking up with somebody, they dance about that. If they are going to shoot layups at the basketball game, they dance about that. They dance for everything. So I, I give them that much. I, you know what the trick is though, and we'll keep going through the list. Eli sounded like the dude from Footloose. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Kevin Bacon, and they dance, <laughs> and the Lord saith, and they dance. They just kept dancing. Let us dance. <laughs> it's like, damn, just shoot the winning shot. You don't have to dance for that, but they did. They totally did. Good for them. Wildcats. So. <laughs> I'm more into Goldie Hawnwalk. <laughs> I do like that too. But that was a good movie, yes. It yeah. was a kid moment. My yeah. daughter watched it. She don't sure. know anything about old school Wildcats. You know about that. But okay. all right, go all ahead. right. So the next one, uh, as far as choreographer, I, I could probably support more just only because what she's done. Okay. Um, is, she started back in as a choreographer at Disneyland back in the 1960s. She mm-hmm. created and directed Kids of the Kingdom before going to choreograph and direct many of the parades, including Christmas parades, American parade, the Main Street Electrical Parade. She did stuff like that. She did the grand openings of Walt Disney World, Epcot Center, Tokyo Disneyland, and directed popular stage shows such as Golden Horseshoe Review at Disneyland, Diamond Horseshoe Review in the Magic Kingdom, Walt Disney Resort. And her biggest project to date is the creation of Fantasmic, 
which debuted in Disneyland in 1992. Of course, we know what uh, Fantasmic is. Of course, that show went on and came over to Disney's Hollywood Studios, uh, which continues to have a big successful run. Following Fantasmic, uh, she moved to the Walt Disney Studios as the vice president and show director of special events. So uh, she was with the company for 40 years, and she retired back in 2013. So she did more choreography directing more on the park side, more so than on the film and television side which I can definitely get behind. I mean, just to be involved with the grand openings of those parks. I mean, seriously. You know, for me, I think that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, no, slam dunk. Yeah. Yeah, slam that's dunk. an endorsement. Fan- definitely, definitely. Fantasmic's enjoyed by people in multiple parks across the world. Yeah, it's Barnett it's Richie, just, yes. Yeah. Yeah, even Tokyo Dizzy Seer shows and stuff right. have been over there. You know, so her legacy keeps on because these shows keep going on. And, you know, it's like when they, you see the dance moves, they all go back to her, Barnett Ritchie. No, big fan of uh, Fantasmic. Uh, like her resume. I mean, love it. I mean, you know, I never got to see a show. I, I will couch it by saying that. I never got to see mm. a show at the Golden Horseshoe. I never did either. And I wish I, I could have. Yeah. But, um, I mean, just to be involved with those grand openings of Walt Disney World. Sure. You know, 1971, Epcot Center in 82. She directed the original Disneyland Main Street uh, electrical Electric, parade. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, that All in that and of itself is, yes. yeah. Oh, my Amazing. gosh. So, it's, no. And, and if they brought the parade back, they'd probably still use that choreography. That's the thing. Yeah. Her stuff is still living on. Again, yeah, it's not in the media sense, but it's in the park sense. So, it's great. I don't know how, you know, Fantasmic lives on, but, uh, you know, uh, Illuminations is going away. Yeah, so. yeah. All yeah. right, so next couple, we got some TV personalities. First of all, locals, Robin Roberts, graduate of Southeastern Louisiana University. Um, uh, in 1990, she's most affiliated with ESPN, ABC. Uh, she did, uh, in her 15 years at ESPN, she contributed to NFL Primetime. She hosted Sports Center and in the game with Robin Roberts, and she began to go on ABC's Good Morning America in 1995. 2005, she left, she left ESPN to join the show as full-time co-anchor on Good Morning America, and she's been there still all through this day. For ABC, Robin has hosted In the Spotlight with Robin Roberts, All Access Nashville, as well as ABC's red carpet coverage of the Academy Awards. Um, she's created original broadcast, digital programming for the network through her production company, Rockin' Roberts Production. Uh, Hyperion Publishing released her book, her first book, From the Heart, Seven Rules to Live By. Among Robin's many awards are the Walter Cronkite Award for Excellence in Journalism, membership in the Broadcasting Cable Hall of Flame, and being named one of Glamour Women's of the Year. Glamour's Woman of the Year. Don't Wait, Arthur Ashe. Oh, Arthur Ashe, yes. award winner. Wait, ah. at any point, did you say Heart of, Heart, uh, Hall of Flame or Hall? Oh, maybe I did say Hall of Flame. I meant to say Hall of Fame. I know what you meant, yeah. yeah sorry, excuse me. Bro- the Broadcasting and Cable Hall of Fame. All right. Well... How's that strike I'm fine with this. I think this is one for me that I just didn't realize how much stuff she'd done. It's like, you look at that list. It's like, she's been on this. She's been on that. She created this. She created that. It's like, wow, that's a lot of stuff, man. And it's not so, just that. It's, you know, she's a cancer survivor. Yeah. Uh, she's a member of the LGBT community. And she's uh, local. Yeah, she's <laughs> She's <laughs> out helps. She's a local basketball player. I mean, yeah. she's a hero across multiple fronts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm saying, and, and an inspiration to people, and and she's been with the company. Now, granted, I mean, I kind of said like you know before Robert Downey Jr. kind of jumped on a different train. He, he was in Marvel before Marvel was bought by Disney, and same thing with ESPN. She joined 1990. Disney didn't acquire it until I want to say 96. 
but she's been with them ever since. By the time she joined ABC, Disney already owned ABC. Everything that she's done post, the, like, because I still remember watching her on NFL primetime with Tom Jackson and Chris yeah. Berman, and, and she was a great addition to that uh, family. So I, I, I've always enjoyed her. Yeah. I've never watched Good Morning America, though. <laughs> I no, gotta I, say I that. don't get up early enough for that, no. but I do remember her going national talking about, uh, like you said, her having cancer and everything like that. Yes, I remember that. And I remember that news story. So, yeah, on that sense of bravery enough, I, I got no problem with that. Yeah, she's good. All right, so the next one they listed up is Diane Sawyer, uh, who is, as you know, has been an ABC News anchor for quite some time, uh, tackling some of the biggest issues, uh, re- doing original reporting on some primetime specials, long-form interviews, in-depth investigations. Uh, she's one of the most respected journalists in the world. She's traveled the globe. Um, you've seen her everywhere. Uh, she does the realities of poverty in America. Uh, she's been recognized with numerous awards, including the DuPont, Emmys, Peabody's Grand Prize of the Premier Investigative Reporters and Edu- Editors Association, uh, an IRTS Lifetime Achievement Award, and the USC Distinguished Achievement in Journalism Award. Um, 1997, she was also inducted into Television Academy Hall of Fame. Uh, after more than a decade of television news, Sawyer joined ABC News in February 1989 as co-anchor of Primetime. Uh, she was named co-anchor of Good Morning America in 1999, January, and held the post until taking over World News Anchor Chair in December 2009. So been in the news aspect of the ABC branch uh, for a prim- uh, majority of her career. Um, what do y'all think? She's legendary. I mean, <laughs> even without Disney, who doesn't know Diane Sawyer? Mm-hmm. She's a legend with or without Disney behind her. Uh, yeah, no, she deserves it. Yeah, agreed. Not much to say on that. I mean, I, I, I have no issues against that. She's the Bette Midler of, of journalism. So if she had put out a CD that my well, mom listened to, but... <laughs> She might have. You never know. It's like, <laughs> it never got released. The mixtape. <laughs> sure. And Sawyer mixtape. <laughs> I do the news. Do the news. I'm Diane Sawyer. <laughs> cool. All right. So next up on this list is Ming-Na Wen. Yes. Y'all know that Ming-Hu name? What? Ming-Na Wen. Huan Ni? No. This is uh, Agent <laughs> Melinda May. <laughs> Agent Melinda May, a.k.a. the Calvary, but don't call her that. Calvary. The Calvary, but don't call her that. Badass. That's what her character says. Um, but do you know, also know what she was more known for, Disney-wise, other than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I do. Yes. Does anybody else know? Lee, do you know? Uh, I could read the article real quick, but no. <laughs> Danny, <laughs> Danny, what is she more known for? She is the voice of Mulan. Yes. Mulan. Yes. Absolutely. She goes Mulan. back to that. So she's more than just Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Melinda May. Uh, she is Mulan, the voice of Mulan. You know, so uh, she goes all the way back to that. Um, she's voiced that the character in video games such as Kingdom Hearts on the Disney Infinity, also in television's House of Mouse, Sophia the First. She was also one, and also in Ralph Breaks the Internet. She's uh, been well known for audiences for her television projects, including her voice work in Phineas and Ferb. You know, which is still watched to this day. XD's Guardians of the Galaxy and Milo Murphy's Law, um, and in the six-part digital short Marvel Rising: Secret Warriors. And she also has a recurring role in ABC's Fresh Off the Boat. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she's been involved with the Disney Company for quite some time, other than the fact she was in the Joy Luck Club and ER and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, she was uh, Mulan is one of her biggest you know, Disney things to this date. Well, how does this strike you guys? No. No, not, not a fan of the Ming-Na Wen? I'm, I'm not saying I'm not a fan. I'm not saying that, again, this is more Hall of Fine. 
mm-hmm. as she is Hall of Fame. <laughs> she is fine. Yes. <laughs> I agree with you. I mean, it, it comes down to, does voicing a Disney princess automatically qualify you as a Disney legend? That, to me, is what this kind of comes down to. You know, it's funny. It's like people, some people on the internet were saying that, you know, uh, the article was saying that this is probably one of the biggest honor, um, honor, honors that uh, Disney can bestow on somebody. Mm-hmm. And they were joking and saying, that, no, the biggest honor is to make you a Disney princess. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, can you even, like, is there a character breakfast that Mulan's a part of? <laughs> is she is she at Fairy Tale Hall or anything? I mean, I wish she feel- was though. Huh? <laughs> I wish she was though. I, you would, I mean, oh. she's a pretty. Sh- I mean, she's a pretty strong female character. For she sure. is a pretty strong yeah. female character, but unfortunately, the movie is not that entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like the movie, really? I thought it was okay at best, but I mean, it was no. It was like we saw it, and Anna and I were actually talking about that today, and. It's like I remember seeing it, but never really feeling the urge to go back and see it again. Now, if you have kids and Mulan comes out, then yeah, it's on repeat, and so you can watch it multiple times and pick up the nuances and stuff like that. But I remember when we saw it, we saw it in the theater, and then we saw it again when it was released, mm-hmm. and never really felt the need to go back and explore that. Mm, okay, you know, I felt like the best part of the movie was Eddie Murphy, and then he became Donkey and made me forget about Mushu. <laughs> <laughs> But having said that, I'm not diminishing her work, not trying to diminish her work. I'm just saying, to me, that's what it kind of comes down to. Uh, legend? I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily think I th- legend. Me, I think she's on the path. Maybe not. I mean, she probably, for me, not right now. But I mean, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what else she does going forward. But I mean, yeah, being Milan's pretty big. But at the same time, w- let's see what else she got going on for the company. Can I tell so. you, I'm, I'm, I'm be, and I'm not joking, and this is a little segue, but not much of one, just to go to show you how kids today view Mulan. We were riding, went to Greek Fest yesterday, I was in the car with three young girls, ages 10, ages 9, and ages 6. And there was a doll in the car, and it was singing. And they were calling it Pocahontas. And I said, what song is she singing? Because I couldn't make it out in the back seat, because they were listening to it, and they were making up their own words to the song, and they give it to me, and it's Mulan. They had no idea they had a Mulan doll. And she's singing that reflection song. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. why I didn't recognize it. I'm like, I don't remember Pocahontas singing whatever song y'all are, y'all are singing. And it would come to find out it makes sense because when we did the name that Disney tune, the reflection song, I got that one wrong. I didn't know that was Mulan. I, I think I got that one wrong. I can't remember. I don't remember you. But uh, point being is that, yeah, I mean, she's not a Disney princess that resonates to kids today. Okay, well, I think that this is more of a like a pop choice, like a not pop music. Oh, like what's choice. popular now? Kind of yeah, thing? like a kind of like bam, here's his cool name, here's his cool chick, and it's like you know you get that extra spark, you know, with that inductee. I, I think that's what she brings to. But I, I have, I have no problem with it. But I can see where it would be nice to have a little more of the resume, if you will. But, Resume uh, for Ming Nawe? Yes. When, when? <laughs> but I mean, as far as a fine choice, that is quite fine to me. I, I do agree. You are a fan of Ming Nawe. No? I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, to- I totally. I didn't watch ER and all that other stuff, but I did watch Agent of Shield. <laughs> On looks alone, she's at the top of this list. I'm guessing, right? Uh, of, of qualified inductees. Uh, you know, of, yes, of qualified okay. ladies. Yes, of, of course. I mean, you know, it's tough to beat Iron Man as far as like what he brought to the MCU. But oh well, I didn't know Iron Man was in your uh, consideration for best looking. Do <laughs> <laughs> <You> tell. <laughs> He's Iron Man. What do you, what do you want? You, got, you like the iron, the smoothness. Say, you know, snap those fingers. Yeah. All right. So the last one on this list is the music person Hans Zimmer. 
who has scored more than 160 projects, which combined have grossed more than $28 billion worldwide, which is funny that the D23 would lead off with that statement. he made so much money well we gotta honor him no uh, on a joke yeah Hans Zimmer he scored a lot of stuff I mean you know he's he's a winner of two Golden Globes three Grammys American Music Award a Tony Award Um, some of his notable projects have been Gladiator and the Dark Knight trilogy with the Walt Disney Company his early work for them includes White Fang he he co-wrote the music for Cool Runnings well that just sounds racist (laughs) I say not knowing White Fang and Carl Cool Runnings Lion King was his award, Academy Award-winning instrumental score in 1994 for the original cartoon. Um, he had many memorable projects, including Crimson Tide, Muppet Treasure Island, The Rock, Pearl Harbor, King Arthur, Iron Man. He produced The Rock? Yeah! <laughs> no, you're rolling. Shut your composer. <laughs> I think it's a Nicolas Cage rock. Little different, <laughs> not so muscular. Yeah, all, in that phase of movies, action movies, all of those themes—they all sounded alike at that time. But go ahead. Well, it was all Hans Zimmer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably was yeah, the same guy did them all. But yeah, I mean, this—even this, if you don't know anything he did, you know that name. Yes, like, that's like George Lucas or you know Steven Spielberg. You just—you may not know every single thing this guy has done, but you know he's somebody, and you know he's done a lot of stuff. Well, outside of Lion King, one of the biggest things to uh, re- of recent time is his Pirates Caribbean movie franchise, of which he scored. Yeah, it's a memorable score. Uh, but yeah, he did all of them, The Curse of the Black Pearl, Desmond Chess, Ad World's End, On Stranger Tides, and he's also doing the reimagining of The Lion King for this coming summer. So he's yeah. doing that. So yeah, yeah, yeah the on the music, music side, yeah. The music yeah, was look. better than the movies in some cases. <laughs> Now, if he did that, I mean, <laughs> and I can't tell you, never know. I mean, he's credited as contributing uh, that. Yeah, that right there. Legend. I hear that. I have no problem with it being in there as far as like a legend, as far as that style of composing and, and whatnot, because he's done a lot like he's the Hollywood go to guy. So why not get that love? Yeah, a lot of the underscoring and stuff you hear in the film is all Hans Zimmer. Right. All that background stuff and everything. So that's even that's that's he did all that. I want to believe he had something to do with that opening. Deep down, it, it, I do. It I, plugs. Believe, I mean, because he was, you know, he's credited with the soundtrack. So mm-hmm. I got to believe. Like, sure, Elton John sang the song. But I got to believe Hans is like, you know what we need here? We need some kind of, hey, there's a lion and we're going to put it in African and people are going to shout it. And I got to believe that he was involved with that. Well, some Serengeti in his. If he wasn't, then strike him from the list. I know. It's not fair. <laughs> like, Dark Knight was so good. I know that's not that's Disney, not Disney property. Right, I yeah. know. But it's like, damn, that on its own was so powerful. No, that was a good soundtrack. It was. Absolutely. I still listen to it. But he also did the soundtrack for Cool Runnings and Lone Ranger. <laughs> does that does that take away from it? Um, <laughs> it adds to it, man. It's Yeah, it's part of the resume. <laughs> like I said, The Rock was like. That was pretty cool, but all of that music kind of sounded alike. But he has an ability to put the music in right while the music fits the theme of the movie, in my opinion. So ah. I can I can see that. Even if the movie's bad, <laughs> they picked the right guy for the job. Well, Danny, just to let you know, King of Pride Rock is a song you're referencing. It's an instrumental score composed by Hans Zimmer. It features African vocals by Lebo M and a South African choir. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that- so he did that. and He and, did do it. Yep. There you go. I knew it. Well, one of my favorite things is, you know, when, when Simba's ascending the throne and you hear that. 
da, 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 and he gets up there and like the strings are going and the sun's there and Simba's on top of the rock and it's, it's pretty epic it's all epic it's all epic but that, that's me that was epic that you just did <laughs> I was going to say that sounded like it moved you because I mean I was feeling it does, you felt yeah. that too because yeah, whenever I hear that, it's like, you know, the, the hairs on the back of my head stand up, you know, because it's just like, so just like, oh, here it comes. He's finally realizing who he is. And, <laughs> yeah. Here he comes. You know, yes. All over my face, neck, and chest. Yes. All up on that. Awesome. You yes. zimmer that, boy. You zimmer that. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, those are the Disney legends. Cool. I'm cool with it. I mean, yeah. like, for the most part, this list is fine. Like, again, as I said before, they can't all be winners. Some of them are, again, it's it's a little more hollow fine than hall of fame, fame yeah but I, I i got no problem i wouldn't strike anyone necessarily i would w- there's nothing that screams no like i might make a choice to say nah i would I, this wouldn't be in mine but i've got no problem with this oh excellent, excellent. Yeah. yeah so do they always have 12 every year or does it vary yes yeah, like dwarves i don't know <laughs> right, 12 dwarves well, <laughs> were there really 12 i, I thought i just kind of i, I kind of yeah there were 12 i guesstimated there were 12 there were 12 yeah there okay. were 12 for this class yes but yeah, that's your Disney Legends class for 2019. I'd be curious to know what a lot of people think about this, especially the Mawicans. Um, why are some? Why do you think some shouldn't be on the list? Why do you think some of them should wait? Why do you think some of them should be on that list? Uh, I'd be curious to engage us. And again, thank you to Harry B on uh, on your thoughts on bringing this up. Uh, we'd be curious to hear what everybody thinks about the Disney Legends class for 2019. So shoot us an email at show at magicrway.com. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. Tie your nap. And here we are in guest services, and this is a segment in which we get to service you, the listener. And today we have Ryan W., who writes in again. He wrote two shows back, and he wrote in regarding his $249 per person unlimited fast pass, kind of like the Universal's Express Pass kind of thing. You remember, ah, that? You remember that email? Yes. yes. Uh, he, he sent in a clarification, a quick little clarification. Okay. And he leads off his email like this. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> oh, wait. Ouch. Right. Tri- triple triple exclamation point. It's still yes. there. Just check. And Ryan, just to let you know, they are holding their butts. I can vouch for this. Kevin does watch closely. <laughs> He's right <laughs> behind us. It's kind of creepy. He was all that. Yeah, don't pay attention to me. Just, just, I'm good. Just grab I'm the good. ass cheek. I'm, I'm going to say I'm that. I'm good. Yeah, just, slowly. Slowly <laughs> grab the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, hold on to your butts. I actually met $249, $249 per person per day. I'll, oh. $249 per person per day. So that's what he meant. That you, is blasphemous. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, he says, I would love for it to be lower, but this is me highballing it. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, so he, he's overestimating on purpose. Okay. Yes. He says, I think if it was as low as $80, everyone would want to add this, and it would be very hard to get. Or it would kill the standby lines by Disney overselling this pass. I would agree. $80 yeah. may be a little bit low. I think when you go, you cross over that 100 mark, though, I think you're going to start to separate a few people. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And just to kind of recap what he said, he's like I mentioned when we first introduced the email, he's talking about $249 would be for the unlimited, uh, like an, uh, Universal Studios has the unlimited uh, express pass where you can ride the rides as often as you want. He was thinking Disney should maybe offer something different, and he quoted the price $249, and we kind of were wondering what he actually meant by that, if it was per 
per week or how many parks, uh, how many days, that kind of a thing. So that's, if you reference, go back two shows uh, to two seven or whatever, go back two shows. And uh, I can't math right now. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we do his for original email, but this is what he talked about. But he actually means 249 per person per day for unlimited access to the attractions and whatnot. Yeah, because we thought it was a typo at first. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But the more we worked it through, the more we realized, though, because I was like, well, why not just hire a plaid when you broke down the plaid and how much that would cost? We, he was in the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Um, well, he goes on to say that, that is the reason I went so much higher than universal price. People will shell out over $100 per person to go to a party at MK, mainly for shorter lines. Now, granted, they do have meet and greets and free food, but most people are interested in the shorter lines. The early morning magic in Dizzy's Hollywood Studios is $70 for an adult, and that's only for Toy Story Land. Not even the whole park! There's no way Disney would go under $150 for a pass like this when they're selling 75-minute early access for $80 a person, Mondays and Wednesdays, 7.30 to 8.45 a.m. Oh, I, I disagree. They would go under $150. They would call it $149.99. <laughs> With an asterisk by yes. it. That's like them opening it on May 31st. At least it's not $150. Yeah. <laughs> we did oh. you a favor. Yep. Uh, and he ends our email. It says, realistic, I'm probably lower than what Disney would price us at. You have to remember that Disney once rented cabanas in the Magic Kingdom for over $600. Oh, we yes, remember that very yeah. well. Yes, we did. Yes. We even had one of our weekends. Definitely stay on to one of that. But yes. yeah, that's Ryan W.'s clarification to email he sent that we referenced a couple of shows back. So very interesting about an unlimited, I guess, fast pass, what Disney would call it, not an express pass like Universal would call it, uh, $249 per person today. Uh, I'll be curious to know what the mean. We can think of that particular idea now that he's clarified it. Would you pay that amount for a pass that lets you ride the attractions anytime you want? No, because again, you're you're, you're talking about an add-on price. So you're already paying over a hundred and something. Well, not it depends on how you work it with yeah. how many days you go and that kind of thing. But I mean, when you're paying already say a hundred dollars a day just to get into the park, now tack on the additional hundred, and now it is a two hundred and something dollar. Per day, per day charge. Kind of charge, yeah. Yeah, so I think when you add those two things together, that's what makes the upcharge significant. But I see where he's going with it. Yeah, okay. Just out of curiosity, Max Pass, Disneyland. And listeners, if you don't know, we're going to Disneyland in August 2019. If we have not said that yet. Yeah, it deserves to be said. Max Pass, and you're more familiar with this than I am. Would a system like that work at Walt Disney World? No, probably not. Okay. I, I don't think so because of the vast... I mean... You're, you're talking the amount about, of offerings? Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, the amount of offerings, the need to limit certain access in certain parks to control crowd flow. I wouldn't think it would work, but I want them working hard towards figuring out how to make it more like that. Okay. okay. In other words, moving away more from this FastPass Plus, this tiering system mm-hmm. and everything that they're working out to try and limit it, whereas what MaxPass has done is kind of open it up. Where you still have the option to do your fast passes without MaxPass, you can still do your fast passes and see as many of those attractions as you want to. It's just that MaxPass allows you the flexibility and freedom to get it a little bit earlier and not actually show up to the fast pass machine to do so. Interesting. I don't think that you're going to have that with Disney World where you might be in Hollywood Studios and trying to book a, a fast pass in Animal Kingdom. So there, there so it sounds like a, a model kind of like what Universal Express Pass might be better for that particular scenario for Walt Disney's uh, situation setup. Yeah. yeah, okay, interesting. Interesting. We we discussed this in detail already what we thought would be fair or what we thought a fair price would be. But, you know, I think the problem is that you've already got this 
fast pass plus system that that disney is married to and you know how you don't they've spent so much money to install it and the magic bands and the they're just not going to change it so you know i think it works better with the two parks as you mentioned and uh, yeah i mean again maybe eventually they'll go there because universal has gone there and has been there for a while to where it's just flat rate front of the line let's do it um and i'd I wouldn't mind seeing that because it'd be so much easier than trying to, you know, figure out which park, which day, what ride at what time we got to be there to, you know, you got to figure out two months from now where you think you're going to be at at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday and what part of the park. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a challenge for sure. But at the same time, it's uh, job security for me. So what are you going to do? <laughs> so, you know, what are you going to do? Well done, sir. Good. Interesting. Yeah. Let us know your opinions, guys. Show at magicgoway.com. Who's next? All right. And our last email is from uh, listener JJ, Jeremiah, Eli, your buddy. Of course. Of course. What's up? He writes in. Glad to hear they listen to the show. Uh, another local as well. Absolutely. And uh, his email is in regard to this. Uh, this is probably regarding our news story about... Uh, uh, what Lee referred to as Gondra Grandma. <laughs> not really. We don't know if it's Gondra and everything else. No. I mean, so I can't say that. But testing needs to be done. Yeah. CBD oil granny. So, you know, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, but his first paragraph says this. Grandma needs to get educated and get some edibles. No one's <laughs> edibles. <laughs> yes. No one's going to think twice about some gummy bears in a Haribo package. Haribo package. Or she could be the life of the party in the smoking section and put cannabis oil in the vape thing. Ooh. Ah. Smooth guy. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And now his second one talks about, we were talking about T-plaids. And we were talking about the E-plaid package. (laughs) So your boy, JJ. He he wants to book an E-plaid? He wants to book an E-plaid. But this is what he wants his E-plaid experience to be. You ready for this? Oh, good Lord. Oh, okay. My e-plaid package would consist of a peace offering of a backpack of chilled beer with a straw sticking out of it and some chicken wings around 11 p.m. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate how he specified the time. (laughs) Is that when you like to feast around 11 p.m.? If I haven't eaten uh, in a while. Or is that when you like to have chicken wings at 11 p.m.? I like to have chicken wings anytime. Okay, so he just picked 11 p.m. I'm good with with teriyaki wings okay okay and he says after the gut is appeased we will begin the tour promptly (laughs) at 1 a.m yeah a e plan okay that's about right yeah all right no he he knows me there yeah yeah a casual stroll around the park will commence where eli will proceed to talk about that chick he saw that one time and how he (laughs) fell in love wait and how he fell in love for 10 minutes (laughs) (laughs) so wrong jay He's so wrong. <laughs> oh, he knows you too well. He, he does. Knows you very this is, well. This is fun insight. Jeremiah, that, that is absolutely like the time when Kevin and I went to Disney World with him, and he fell in love with a dude that was dressed like a woman. <laughs> what a dude dressed like a woman. It was definitely a dude dressed like a woman. Wasn't and that... No, oh, come yes, on. Yes, <laughs> it was. It wasn't... Kevin, was it not a dude? Adam's apple. It was, but it was a side. dead giveaway, oh, and he was man. like, oh, but look at the body, and we're like, dude, that's a that's a guy. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, you know, you could absolutely love a, a dude if you want to. I'm just saying... And what would... Uh, it wasn't like that, though. It'd make it sound like it was like... Dustin Hoffman and Tootsie or something. No, but like all that falling in love in 10 minutes, like you were obsessing over that woman until... 
Kevin and I questioned the womanness aspect of it, and then you kind of backed off a little bit, but still, we went I could live. See what he's saying, we went live for like two hours, and it was that it was, was Mind Train, train probably. Th- was it Mind yeah, Train? Yeah, it was oh, Mind Train. I think it was. It was. Oh, oh, you so remember? You, yeah, that's right. Because I was playing with the jewels, and then you were looking some other. Yes, I was, was from Doors Mind Train. Yes, yes. So you're, you're you're claiming deliriousness. You were out in the heat so long; it was early, so you were delirious. Kevin, you were playing with the jewels. Yes, I was playing with the jewels, and Eli was looking at the jewels. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to say. Do you find it hard to hide the fact that you're gay? (laughs) (laughs) I make more money than I do. Oh, Oh, yeah. All right, yeah, but okay. His experience continues, Eli. He's not over yet. Oh, he's, not, wow. he's not done with your replant experience yet. Wow. Then he asked me to hotwire a golf cart and do donuts until the beer runs out. Then as he hands me my... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know what he's talking about with that. Okay. okay. Well, what is he talking about with that? Did y'all do that at the zoo or something? Did you or? hotwire a go-kart? Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, yeah there, was a, there was a point we both worked at the zoo. That's, that's how we know each other. And uh, he used to have to do like security runs around the zoo and uh yeah with the golf cart so that yeah i was like he didn't have the key at one point and i was like man let's just see if we can figure out how to hot wire, hot wire. and did y'all do it no no we oh, found the okay. key oh, was, you, yeah. oh okay and then you didn't have to that's funny no, <laughs> you remember okay. that that's because neither one of us worked there anymore so okay all right and he continues he says and then as he hands me my park hopper pass that costs two dollars he tells me Here's your $2 park hopper pass. Has anyone ever spent $2 on you before? You're welcome. (laughs) 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 Yeah, he knows me pretty good. Yeah. Wait, wow. he's not done yet. He's oh, not done yet. His e-plaid experience is full, man. He says, after you do that, we then follow the women dressed as rouge till security is called. Dressed as who? As Rouge? Rogue? 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 Oh, Rogue. Sorry. Rogue. rogue. Okay. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. okay. Rogue. They're using the wrong place. Sorry. So Rogue, yeah. So we follow the women dressed as Rogue till security is called. When they arrive, we rat out the stoner grandma and cheese it to Epcot to drink more beer and get a bite to eat. <laughs> After that, he tells me he has a special treat and takes me to the Carousel of Progress, where all the robots have been replaced by the robot that is voiced by Tim Curry in Alien Encounter. The whole thing cost about three fifty plus the $2 for the Park Hopper Pass. Wow. <laughs> wow. The whole thing cost about three fifty plus the $2. Yeah, he, he knows me pretty good. He, 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 he knows about my uh, epic thriftiness and... Uh, that's why he, so he's y'all are gonna it. chase down a robot that sounds like Tim Curry while hanging with Ganja Grandma. And no, we're gonna blame stuff on Ganja rogue. Grandma. Oh, to, oh, okay. Yes, to keep uh, enjoy. We're gonna. It's a. It's an epic event. We you know there's twisted turns in each adventure. How much does this e-pad package cost? Tree fifty plus a two dollars <laughs> spent on that work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's with That's the beer he discount. He said tree fifty. Tree fifty. Tree yeah. fifty. No, he he spelled tree fifty. Tree fifty. That's how he spelled <laughs> tree fifty. Tree fifty. Yeah, he know. He know. <laughs> you know how I go. I paid tree fifty for that. Man, look, that's look, that, that's why he's a good storyteller, man. I tell you what, that's uh, he no, he knows me good. I tell you what, one o'clock in the morning. Yep, that's that's my that's my jam. I totally can. Uh, I roll with that. That's what I meant. The hottest stuff after two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, watch out. It's all so, one o'clock. Boom. If we could record this podcast at 1 a.m., you'd be at max effectiveness. Peak E. Peak E at yeah. 1 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, uh, if I had, because like 
we talked about some ideas uh, Thursday, and I was up way past him. He was like, I got a call. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I was still up till 2.30. Like, I was, yeah, I was fired off. Yeah, <laughs> easily, easily. Maybe uh, maybe Jeremiah can join us in Disneyland where uh, CBD oil is legal. Yeah. <laughs> and, and y'all could have y'all's wonderful adventure at 1 a.m. because they do stay up and uh, a lot later over there in Disneyland. Got to see where I can hotwire a golf cart around there. Sure. Yeah, you could probably make it happen. All right. <laughs> Let's get CBD grandma out of jail. Make that work. <laughs> I'd like to hear some other listeners uh Requests for e plaid. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, what would you? Listeners. Yeah, what would you like your e plaid to do? Well, yeah, let's make this official post. So we listeners. do a contest. I'm so she has some good ideas. She would pay three fifty. Three fifty. Three fifty. I mean, that's that's what, what that event would. You want to make it a contest? We can make it a contest. I'd love to make it a contest, like a writing <laughs> contest. What would e plaid do for you? <laughs> I'm like, am I, I'm what capable of great things here. Fifty four. Sounds good. How about, right. how about do by Father's Day, guys? Show a magic already to God. Send us your best E plaid scenario. <laughs> what would you want to expect from E's plaid service for Tree Fitty plus a two dollars for the park hopper? Uh, yes, that's right. Well, JJ Ryan, thank you for writing in. We definitely appreciate it and always love hearing from all of our listeners. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, anybody, and offer your opinions and your thoughts, shoot us an email at show at magic already to come. That is a standing contest guide. Do by due by Father's Day, June. Uh, so send us your best E-plaid scenario. What would you want? What would you expect for Tree Fitty plus a $2 on the Park Hopper? Let us know. And we're about to tell you how to get in touch with us in just a little bit. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed that discussion about the Dizzy Legends and anything else we had discussed on the guest services. Uh, MagicRoy.com is where you can find more about us. There you'll find our social media links, past episodes, and more. You can also get in touch with us through the following ways to share your opinion. You can shoot us an email at show at magicaway.com. You can also leave us a voicemail of our speak pipe widget on our homepage, or you can call or text us at 1 815 Moeekin. That is 1 815 Moeekin 6694226. And of course, we got a couple of guys that do things outside of the podcast. Eli, tell them what you got going on, sir. Yes, uh, in addition to one of my other many duties, apparently, that I've just learned that I've gotten. Uh, E-plaid duties. E-plaid, E-plaid duties. duties, podcasting duties. There's also comic book duties, so uh, you can see. And duty duties. <laughs> but I have underwear, yes. Yeah, uh, that's the plan. And good oh. toilet paper. Oh, oh, good. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, excellent. Yeah, yes, you know. very, very good. Very good. That's right. It's yes. a legend. Yes, it's excellent. in there. Excellent. Your underwear is legend? Yeah, there you go. It didn't make the cut because, you know. It got beat by Wing Child, but hey, that's a, <laughs> that's a different story altogether. All right. <laughs> you can uh, go to ivorycomics.com and uh, see the work that is out for Project Geisha. Savages, which uh, JJ uh, works on, so he, he knows all about the creative process with that. And uh, art for that, Molly B. Dam, art for that. Link to this awesome podcast. You never miss a thing. You can go to Facebook.com. Find me there. As long as you're a real person, you can find me at Eli H. Ivory and not a bot. We don't need to go into that because you already know how I feel about that. Not a bot, not a bot, not a bot, not that. Uh, you can go to Project Geisha's page. So that's Facebook.com slash Project Geisha. And, of course, you can go to Instagram. I can be found there, eivory 504 And, of course, on Twitter, Hancock10166. So, yes, if you appreciate the madness, then I'll keep bringing the gladness. 
Thank you very much. And if you want to book a vacation out to Disneyland or join us in August 2019, you could do so through Lee. Lee, tell him how to do this. Uh, just give me a call at 832 570 5490. That's 832 Chung. Everybody wearing Chung tonight. Everybody have fun tonight. Uh, you can also email me at Lee at com. As always, please check out the Facebook page at travel. That's L A S T O V I C A Travel. If you do that, we'll get you hooked up and booked up with no Zimmervika. And of course, if you want to support the show as a whole, you can do so through the following ways. You can send us some beignets through our homepage and support the show that way. You can also represent the Moeka Nation wherever you go by purchasing some clothing from our shop. And the easiest way to support us is to leave a rating and review on iTunes wherever you download the show, whether it's Stitcher, Blueberry, Google Play Music, etc. And remember, we are part of the BS Podcast Network, whose motto is we speak our minds so you don't have to. So be sure to support our partners in podcasting over there. And if you want to join in the fun and speak with other famous Moicans on the Magic Our Way uh, group Facebook page, you could do so by joining the uh, Magic Our Way Pleasure Island 33 Facebook group. There you'll interact with us, or you'll also interact with a lot of famous Moicans, such as the Herchers and the Ruberges and uh, Stephen D and stuff. Maybe JJ will get on there. I don't know. I don't know if he does oh, that. Oh, why don't you get JJ yeah. on there? No, I could throw that at him. Absolutely. Cool. He's on Facebook, so... Oh, yeah. You should join the group. It'd be great. And, guys, we thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us and make us a part of your Disney fan life. We appreciate you and love hearing from our listeners. All opinions are always welcome on the Magic Ari Podcast, so get in touch with us today. So, weekends, ladies and gentlemen, we say Quaharini. My name is Kevin. And I'm Danny. Magic out! I have every intention... Of eating those bananas for breakfast, but I still somehow end up with tacos. Ortega, chips, and salsa. The necessities of Mother Nature's recipe. Hey, guys. Hey, you hear that? Yeah. Yes. You know what that is? Tony Bennett? It is Tony Bennett. Oh, man. Italians recognizing Italian. You know what song <laughs> he likes that? What song is he singing? Well, the song that Lee couldn't sing when he was trying to do it for the Navigator. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, but do you, do you know what I'm listening it on? This is Mad Hatter Radio, which is an ra- online radio station of Disney fan stuff that we have partnered up with, man. How do you like that? Partners here on the Gulf Coast, Magic Way and Mad Hatter Radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, creative buffs on radio stuff. That's like right. It. Yeah, it's good. It's another outlet. Uh-huh. You know, it, 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 what's good about it, yeah, let me tell you what's good, but you hear Tony Bennett. Mm-hmm. But you could probably hear Bare Necessities done by like a, a metal group, a heavy metal group. You could probably mm-hmm. hear a country version of this. Oh, wow. You could probably hear like a funk version, James Brown type of, <laughs> give me a Bare Necessities. <laughs> oh, <laughs> get on, get up again. Oh, yeah. You know? Hot tub, what you say now? <laughs> Disney. That's right. You can hear that all on the station, man. It's, <laughs> they don't just give you the normal spiels and, and, and r- attraction sounds, but they give you Every creative variation that other artists have taken to the standard Disney songs. Like Tony Bennett right here. This yeah. little jazzy version of the Bare Necessities. You know. I'm thinking about Goodfellas right now. I don't know why. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. Bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada boom. Boy, listen to this station, okay? It's good for you. It's good for me. It's going to go ahead. It's going to help you out. It's going to make me out. It's going to be really good. Okay? Man had a radio. Bada bing, bada boom. Just do it, huh? Bada boom.